Welcome back to Big V Racing. Matt Nevitt and Sean Cosgrove with you. And for the next half an hour or so, George Ferrugia and Corey Smith are in the house because we're going to preview the Phoenix tomorrow night at the Meadows and uh, the racing and media manager at the Meadows. He's the superstar out there. He does his finest work at the track, backing winners. His name's Corey Smith, and he's here. Hello, Corey. Gee, that's a nice little introduction there from you, Matty. It's a pleasure to be on. I don't think I've, uh, I've managed to make my way into the studio since since the current uh, edition of Big V, so it's good to be on yep. with you and Cozzy, and uh, obviously Georgie as well, who he's just on Media Street this week, Georgie Ferrugia. Yeah, just he's just in, popping up everywhere. He's got the shades around the uh, the shirt. He's looking very oh, sharp. Looks like he's about to go for a lunch on Ligon Street, George Ferrugia. Oh, Ligon. I haven't been there in years. <laughs> and I've got to tell you, safari suits will come back in fashion, and George will be the first one with them. That's oh, a nice one today, George. I'd love to rock a safari suit, mate, on a Friday, but sorry I'm late, guys. I... They say Melbourne's sort of not back to its uh, oh, former traffic. self, but the traffic yeah. on Flemington Road yeah. was, I, I was ridiculous. I, I decided to pop it into the maps and see how far away I was because I was just mm. parked, basically. 600 metres I was away and it said 12 <laughs> minutes. Holy so it's the, been horrible the last couple of days. Yeah. No, Can't believe dreadful. it. But anyway. It's, anyway, it's that's about the pace that, I go. That's the job for the, uh, the newly elected state government. So they've got a bit of work to do on that front. Uh, boys, we've got some work to do because we need to find winners tomorrow night at the Meadows. On uh, a cracking night's racing, the, the highlight obviously is the Phoenix, and it's a race that, in the space of two years, has just gone from strength to strength, and it's quite extraordinary, really, isn't it? The, the amount of interest that has been able or has been gained in such a short period of time, Corey. Yeah, it's mind blowing, really. Obviously, we saw the first edition last year that was uh, worth one point one four five million in prize money and GRV, and the the Meadows board uh, managed to to get that up to one point six five this year with a bit of an increase to the slot holder price as well. So, I don't think uh, anyone could have imagined that when this race was announced less than two years ago that uh, that we'd kind of be reaching these heights and have this sort of quality of field. Corey, did you ever have any worries about selling the slots? Oh, there's always worries mm. until you see them all yeah. do- uh, signed on the dotted line. I mean, $100,000 is a lot of money to, yeah. to stump up. And traditionally, a lot of big corporations and, and businesses aren't aren't really willing to kind of put that sort of money into greyhound racing. So it's always going to be it's always going to be a nerve wracking time for us at the at the Meadows to try and get them on board every single year. But at this stage, everyone seems to be getting plenty of bang for their buck, and it's like having eight major sponsors mm. on board, really. So they're they're all doing their thing for for greyhound racing. So I Hopefully it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I know, like with the Everest, they've sold it in like three-year packages. So you buy the slot for three years. Yeah. So this is an individual year-by-year situation. Yes, yeah. At this stage, it's an individual year-by-year. Year. There's There's been discussions whether we go to that sort of model and, and lock people up for multiple years. Obviously, we've seen, I think it was five slot holders from last year come on board again this mm. year. And I'm, I'm assuming that those slot holders will probably go again next year. They're enjoying the process from what the discussions we have so it's an ongoing discussion it's it's one of those things where probably the first couple of years for the phoenix is is a little bit of trial and error it's it's ironing out all the kinks and i think we'll still probably have a few few more kinks for the next couple of years just just ironing out little minor details but uh i think long term i think it makes sense to be able to lock them up for multiple years and be able to get the promotion all year round rather than in a a three to six month package it it is a big risk as you pointed out but you've been rewarded with the interest that has been generated over the last couple of years and, and with the field that's been assembled tomorrow night, it's just it's just awesome for any Greyhound fan out there, isn't it, George, to see some of the best Greyhounds in this country go head-to-head? I, look, I think, um, and even because of the slot holders and most of them got to choose their dogs last year, there was a few more qualifiers getting through. Mm. 
but I think it's uh, it's a more elite field than what yep. we've seen last year. Um, it's a shame that we don't get to see Plaintiff because for the last you know three months he's, he was up there with with all of these greyhounds. But his replacement's a Group One winner on the track, and um, look, he'll be storming home late. But oh, look, it's just emerged this race. It feels bigger than it was last year. It's sort of following the same trajectory as the Everest. I thought the Everest this year was so big on Caulfield Cup Day and, and when they panned the crowd we yep. spoke about this a couple of months ago the Everest has just sort of taken over that day and I just feel like the Phoenix is the perfect way to finish the year for grand racing Do you find inquiries you guys get people are asking more about the Phoenix than say the Melbourne Cup Australian Cup that sort of thing or not? I was in an Uber and the the driver couldn't believe that a race is worth a million dollars for mm. the dogs mm. and I, that's the number one thing that I continue to ask people and that's the most shocked they get that the sport mm. has been elevated to a level where it's life-changing so that that's the number one thing for me I, i'd say the phoenix is right up there now um in terms of um people wanting to know more info and just on the back of that as well i, I think if you if you surveyed a lot of the trainers they probably still have the melbourne cup or an australian cup yeah, or yep. a golden easter egg mm. at the the absolute pinnacle of of the sport and the races that they want to win the the trophy they want on their mantelpiece but at the same time the Phoenix is coming and it's coming quickly and, and everyone wants to win that obviously because of the prize money but because it's so prestigious now. You look at this field and this is as good a field as we've seen for definitely my period in greyhound racing and, and probably a fair bit longer than that too. And that's that's a good point. So what happens with a lot of those races that you referred to just then, they have obviously heats and semi-finals to actually make it through to the finals. So some of the best dogs get knocked out along the way but yeah. in the case of this race, it's a slot race so Generally speaking, you're going to get the best greyhounds going around in the country at that particular time, like you would in a lot of big races in horse racing, for example, not just the slot races. So, like you say, Corey, it is as elite a field as you're going you're gonna to get. Yeah, exactly right. I, I, and I might be a little bit biased here, but I think the Meadows probably pulls together three of the best fields that you can get in greyhound racing every year. Yeah. So, we've got the Top Gun and the Temley, which are invitationals in, in early November and early February, respectively. And then you've got the Phoenix as well, which... Selected, obviously, a little bit different than the Invitationals, but I, I honestly believe that those three races are going to put together some of the best fields that we can provide in greyhound racing. Just just by process of elimination, there's less variables, less risk going through a heats semifinals or, or a heats and finals as well. Out of all the races we've mentioned, I reckon this is the one that Joe and Mary Public will ask about because of that million-dollar prize money. Yeah, mm. oh, it definitely is. And I love the fact that the Meadows have those Invitational races. Mm. We, we get some old schoolers sometimes say... No, I like the races where you have to qualify through a heat and final. That they're fine, but I love that they that the greyhounds that win these group races get rewarded by having a crack at another group race. So a dog like Amron Boys, fresh off a, a Silver Chief, win, lose or draw tomorrow night, I'd suggest he'd be one of the leading contenders for the Tem Lee in February in terms of being picked. So I think it's it's absolutely fantastic, um, and I love that he's emerged in such a sense that we've almost forgotten a little bit about wow she's fast yep. in the race and it would just be an incredible way to start the phoenix if she was to go back to back yeah we'll get to that a little bit later on had cal uh, greeno on two days ago i think he's relieved that the pressure's off to be honest so we'll go through the race shortly Corey, i just wanted to ask you as well about where this race fits into the calendar um it's been such a busy big couple of weeks in greyhound racing obviously with a lot of the group ones that you've mentioned including the melbourne cup is the phoenix here to stay on the weekend prior to christmas 
Uh, at this stage, Maddie, it probably is. Uh, I know next year the the calendar gets a little bit more condensed, just the way that it moves. It's obviously always going to be on a Saturday night. That's our main night. That's our feature night. That's where we want to have it. Mm. So there's always been talk about whether or not that is the right position of of having it there. There's obviously a lot of Christmas parties and things like that that people have. So it, you, you may be restricting yourself somewhat, but you also don't want to go too close to the Melbourne Cup. And the Melbourne Cup has its spot. It's there in the calendar. And I know the racing calendar in all codes is a, a really contentious point. We've obviously heard with thoroughbred racing in recent times of do they, do they not move Caulfield, Melbourne Cups, Cox Plates, those sorts of things. And it's the exact same in Greyhound racing. It's, it's, a, it's a contentious contentious choice there'll be so, so many people supporting it for a week before christmas there'll be people saying bring it back a week at the moment the race programming fits uh where it fits but i think we'll definitely look at it in the coming years once we have a little bit more knowledge and data on on how it's going and whether we do need to move it or not georgie what's your view on it i think it's perfect i think first and foremost it needs to be in the summer months because it's a spectacle and we need to get as many people to the track as possible. Say what you say about a race like the Phoenix. If it was run in the middle of winter, mm. you're not going to get a big crowd. It's Summer. Just, Hold it's on, just, hang on a minute. What's yeah, well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, we are in Melbourne, <laughs> yeah. I know. But look, tomorrow's 24 degrees, yeah. sunny. At least, you know, we're going to get some nice weather. So I think it's perfect. You're never going to please everyone, especially with this grand racing calendar. We speak about it every week, guys. Do we have ever a time where we don't have a topic or a group race we have mm. to talk about? It's, it's just, it's never ending. Mm. So I, I just think it's in the perfect spot. I wonder how it'd go. It. I wonder how it'd go against Amron Boy. Well, let's find out uh, because Brooke and Jamie Ennis have Amron Boy going around in tomorrow night's Phoenix, and he is the favourite currently with the tab. And Jamie's on the line. Uh, good afternoon to you, Jamie. Thanks for your time. Thanks a lot. Hey, uh, how much pressure are you feeling heading into tomorrow night's race at the Meadows? Oh, really? None, really. I, I just, um, you know, it's just for me. It, you know, you just get up and. Uh, I know it's a big race, but uh, he's just got to be pe- be prepared like any other week. And uh, probably probably the fact that he won a Group One last week, um, you know, it did take a bit of pressure off. And uh, I've just been out of preparing for this week, and and really the way he's going, he doesn't have to go any better, or uh, you just have to keep him at the level he's at. Jamie, what did you do with him in the seven days since the Silver Chief? Uh, just basically the same. He just. Uh, Goes out, works in the runs. Um, you know, every couple of times there, he uh, has a partner to work with. Uh, he actually works against his brother, and um, it's just amazing. These two dogs, they've just uh, in the last couple of months, they've just improved that much that um, you know you basically have to jump the fence to stop them working. Um, they just want to, they just want to just keep working, and uh, they're feeling so good at the moment. And um, yeah, just really looking forward to tomorrow night. Jamie, sometimes young dogs who try so hard like he does, they can pull muscles and things. Have you been pretty fortunate with him? Yeah, been pretty lucky. Uh, early on in his career, you know, obviously um, he's always been very fast and, uh, you know, I've had a couple of little niggly injuries, but uh, now he's sort of got to two and a half years old and he's matured now and, you know, he's holding together really well. Jamie, congratulations on, on last week's Silver Chief victory. Um He'd been really consistent to the first marker, running around the 5.15s, 5.16s, 5.14s. But last week, he come out and run 5.04. You must have been mostly thrilled about that because obviously it's a big step up again here in a race like this. And if he can replicate something like that, I think rivals are a little bit worried about Hamron Boy, especially the way he's been going at the Meadows. Yeah, look, um, you know, no doubt uh, the Meadows, I think, is his favourite track. He, he just wants to get to the races now and... Uh, 
every time you take him there, he, you know, he gets out the car and he's got that swagger about him now. Uh, if you have a look in his probably his last six or seven starts, he's been first into the pen, whether or not he's been beaten half ahead a couple of times there. But uh, he sort of charged into the pen a few lengths in front of the rest and he just thinks he's... Um, God's gift to, to racing, I think, at the moment. He, he's just, even at home, he just, uh, you can just see him, he's just a different dog, and uh, he just basically, I've just got to um, prepare him as good as I can, and I think he'll do the rest. Now, Jamie, uh, Corey Smith here. Um, I know you're a keen form student, and we had a had a bit of a chat after the box draw, but box number four, obviously, it's it's not the first, uh, first draw that you want to take, but now that plaintiff's come out of box number five... Are you seeing that as a bit of a help for for his chances? Oh, no doubt. Uh, Troy and myself, um, we sort of agonised for 30 seconds or so the box draw, whether or not to uh, proceed, you know, to go to, go to box seven. But then again, all of a sudden, where she's fast was going to draw inside of it and was she going to hold us out? Um, obviously, that was with plaintiff in the race to do some work for us to come across the field. And we actually just decided to go with four, um, and just thought, well, we'll cop the hit from plaintiff if he does, if that happens to be the case. But uh, now he's out, and obviously Zippy Tesla's a totally different beast. He, uh, you know, doesn't normally show any speed, and, you know, he does look for the rail, but, um, you know, Aaron Boy should be in front of him early. Jamie, has he reached his peak yet, do you think, or do you think there's still more improvement to come, believe it or not? Oh, look, I, I don't think any dog that's uh, gone 29-40s two weeks in a row at the Meadows. I can't expect him to go any faster. Um, I actually don't think he's had a clean run in them last two runs. He's probably actually lost a length in both runs, you know, at certain stages of the event. So, you know, to think that he could run in the 29.30s, it'd be pretty hard to think that he could go any quicker. Well, we wish you all the best tomorrow night. He's certainly the one to beat, I think, off the back of what he's done the last couple of months. So we wish you all the best, and for your sake, hopefully uh, it falls your way. Thanks a lot. There's Jamie Ennis joining us there. Amron Boy, currently at $3.20, going to be very difficult to beat tomorrow night, boys. Oh, just break in, that uh, Greyhound has paid 1830 and 1040 Number two, Colossal Fire at uh, <laughs> Hillsville, 1830 1040 Good luck to them, the the gang with that. Three Laquita Star, 470 One Shimmer Bolt, a dollar and four, fourth eight. Still good time. Now, the Quinella was, uh, let's look and see, Quinella, 20570 Exacta, 524 even. Trifecta, 1326 to 20. The four, 1463. Tim, the jackpot of 578. Running double a pair of twos. No one got. Jackpot of about two bucks. Daily double four and $201.20 with a jackpot of $47. No one got the quaddy and a jackpot of a couple of bucks there. But 10830 and 1040. Good luck if you back that. Colossal fire and heels one. Good luck to the people who own it too. Yeah. Well, it'll be a good Christmas. I tell you what, if, with our budget that we've got on Big V Racing, Cosy, which is, is relatively large, <laughs> we should get a psychic on a Friday and find out what's going to win every race at Heelsville and just load up. How's that sound? <laughs> Yes, I don't know what that we'll I think we're crack. better off with a dart yeah. <laughs> rather than a psychic. Why do we need a psychic when we've got George Ferugia and Corey yeah, Smith? Yeah. Boys, how do, when we're looking at the Phoenix tomorrow night, um, Amron Boy, he's the one to beat, isn't he? Yeah, I think he is, especially if he runs that 5 uh, uh, sectional. Um, I think he's very, very... He's racing so well at the moment. I haven't seen too many dogs run 29-4 you know, on consecutive weeks at the Meadows. I don't think it's ever been done. And, yeah, look, he's... 
uh, with with plaintiff was always going to be a worry for him because plaintiff was going to cut across um, or at least attempt to. But um, if he can get clear running on that first corner and sit behind the one and the two, he should be too strong. Is that how you see it, Corey? Yeah, he's definitely the on on topper uh, when it comes to price-wise. I, I was a little bit keen to go against him when Plaintiff was in the race. I thought Plaintiff might kind of chop him in half early and that would be uh, make, make it quite difficult for him to run past some of the other strong types in like an Eldorado or a Wow, She's Fast um, late. But now that Plaintiff's come out, he looks like he's going to get a nice position. As Georgie said, if he gets 504, I could see a scenario where he's three wide going into that first mm. bend uh, out, outside of She's a Pearl and Paddy Wants Pats, which which might not be ideal, but he's certainly strong enough to, to take a bit of a bump and, and ride through. So he's definitely definitely going to be the one to beat. But I feel like we're... We touched on it a little earlier. I feel like we're riding off where she's fast a little bit too quickly. Like, she's an absolute champion, a superstar of not only current time, but all time. So, um, if she, if she lands outside him, it, it could be on for young and old, like the, uh, like the sports vet showdown that we saw, uh, not too long ago. Well, you would think just on the way the box tour is, she may have a bit of clear air. Uh, when she jumps. I think she's drawn really well. I know Cal Greeno said he hates box six, and usually he's right, but he's got a slow beginner in five. Um, the Queensland Greyhound will not have had a, a look at the track at the Meadows, um, uh, and I don't care how quick she is back home. Um, having her first look at the Meadows, this is just, she's, sorry, a million to one for me. Um, and McInerney, as we know, likes to use a little bit of the track. So if she begins as well as she did in that, in that match race mm. against, um, Amron Boy, it could be game on. It really could. I can't wait for that. We've heard stories about she's a pearl trial very, very fast at the Meadows. Mm. Um, I met up with the owners yesterday, um, over a quiet beer. And they're very, very confident yeah. they can lead the race. And then where does everyone sit if, if she leads? Paddy wants Patsy's absolutely no slouch. Has broken five seconds to the mark at the Meadows. Like, he could lead this race and, and lead all the way. I mean, it's, it, there's so many uh, pieces to this puzzle. Mm. Just on that, there's every one of these dogs needs a certain race shape for yeah. this to win. The race shape that that I'm saying is a really difficult one. It's it's not one that's straightforward. It's not one that's easily to find easy to find a winner. Like there's certain things Georgie would know when you're doing the form and you see something and it's like, all right, well there's a lid pinger in box number one. In two, there's a wide runner that'll take out the rest of the field. Let's just mm. back the one. Mm. It's not like that at all in this. This is really complicated. There's a lot of dogs that are going to be vying for that same position on that first turn. So it'll be an interesting one. She's a pearl, as Georgie touched on. I was I watched that trial actually, and she she was electric and. She She's a she's a little ball of muscle. I'd never seen her up close in the person in person before, but she's uh, she knows she's good and mm. she's she's built like a a, a brick proverbial. If they're playing dodge and cars on the inside, could this set it up for where she's faster than McInerney? Yes, and the almost the forgotten greyhound as well is El Dorado. Mm. If he can get a sit behind he is the them, the forgotten greyhound, isn't he? I mean, I've he hardly ran, heard anyone mention his oh, name he, this week. What did he give plaintiff five lengths in that race at the Meadows yeah, and, chased him down. and and chased him down in twenty nine seventy? He could get a really nice sit behind She's a Pearl and Paddy Wants Pats, Cosy mm. as well. Mm. So, look, McInerney's hope is that he. Um, splits the first corner as well as he can, which is around the 510 mark. And if there is a bit of a bumping duel, we know he's strong as well. I, I really would like to see him be sitting second or third down the back and then um, be able to open up. But Amron Boy is the centre of the universe in this race because if he absolutely if he finds the front, there's no greyhound in Australia who's going to run him down. He, yep. he got home in 10.80 a couple of weeks ago. That's just mm. 600. That's the scary part. If he raced over 600 metres, this dog, he could break the track record. That's yep. how good he's going. And his run home times are enormous. So what a race. What a race. But they are very, very keen on She's a Pearl, I can tell you, off box really? one. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you rewatch your 
performance in the, the Million Dollar Chase final from earlier in the year, it's easy to understand why. Because when she's at her best, she's as good as any greyhound going around in the land. And from box one, if she gets the right run, well, it's going to take a very good chaser to get her. It's her habits too, isn't it? And we've seen that in the shootout. She didn't win the race, but she led well. She's fast and Photo Man and McInerney and led them quite easily. So... Oh, I, I really can't wait for tomorrow night. It's a cracker. It's interesting you mentioned the Queensland dog hasn't had a go at the track. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting tactic. Uh, Dougie Gladman, I, I went up for the Queensland Flame on a on a little bit of a junket, fly in, fly out sort of session, take the trophy up and and see what they were doing up there, and um, had a chat to Dougie, who's in his eighties and he's he's quite set in his ways and was. Mm-hmm. D- is adamant that she's a very, very good traveller and that she doesn't need to see tracks before she goes there. So she's the 395-metre track record holder at Albion Park, so she does have plenty of speed. And that's probably the one thing that's kind of holding me back from being really, really keen on where she's fast is we don't know what she's going to do Mm. at the Meadows. The unknown factor, isn't it? It is. Well, that's why, and again, it's a great story, right? These people are are elderly and have trained dogs for a long time and they get a crack at a million dollars, but... This is no grade five they're coming down for. I mean, they're racing the best dogs in Australia. And uh, look, um, it, they're different boxes, different conditions. And even though she showed speed at Albion Park, I just can't see her split quick enough to be anywhere near them on that first corner. It would be the biggest upset I've seen in Grand <laughs> and, and a phenomenal would. training performance. If if, oh. if he can pull this off, yeah. this is almost oh. like producing a, a, a grand annual winner first up. Like, this will, is unbelievable. I will put egg on my own face <laughs> if she comes and wins this race. That's Bigger right. upset than race aid at Heels this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, we'll get your numbers in a moment, boys. I just want to finish on one thing with my view on the race. I, I'm going to back where she's fast. Look, I think it's an impossible race to really have much confidence in because we've spoken about all the different variables, whether the two leads, the one, whether Amron boys three wide, um, whether there's carnage on the first turn, all of those different variables that can play out. But if you're looking at where wow, she's fast, you know she's still got the ability. Yeah, she's got some issues with her box matters at the moment, or at least we think so from what we've seen since the Adelaide Cup. But she showed in that match race against Amron Boy, she's still got the ability. She held him off. She held off one of the best chasers in this country. So if she gets a little bit of luck, you're getting twice the price of Amron Boy, and yes, she will need luck. But if I'm looking at that field, I know she's a superstar. She won this race last year. I think they're masters, the Greenos. They're absolute masters. And we had Cal on. He, he, you could understand the pressure was off. But I did sense some confidence that she's going to run a really good race. I love the freshen up too, Corey. I don't know what you th- you think about it. I I think historically she's done her best racing. They didn't have that... Um they didn't have that um, going into the Melbourne Cup. They sort of had to race every week. I was surprised to see her race on Melbourne Cup night after she didn't qualify. Mm. It was probably her worst performance in that heat of the Melbourne Cup. She was just yep. nowhere to be seen. The stewards report said she had a little bit of an injury. But she comes into this cherry ripe. And I'm telling you, the first 80 metres, it just maps where I think she'll get a clear run. Yep. I know uh, Corey's uh, mentioned Tiana Bell's got some speed, but if she jumps cleanly, uh, she won't see where, where she's fast has gone in that in that first 100 metres. Oh, imagine if she's in the hunt, you know, like late in the race, Amron boys thereabouts as well. It just could set up for one of the all-time great finishes. Yeah, I think for an all-time great finish, if you have the one and the two going hammer and tong yeah. down the back and you had Amron boy and Wow She's Fast sitting behind them, that would just, it, it's a make-up for mm. just... Can and, you imagine that? And McInerney just lurking there. McInerney, <laughs> yeah, McInerney. lurking the good, behind. The good thing about McInerney, he should go through this whole race untouched. Yeah. He's, he's going to use yeah. plenty well, of the track. He yeah. stays out wide. He's drawn... I, I, I really liked uh, what Brendan Purcell mm. did with the box draw. One, two, three, went 
went first of all in the box draw when they were getting selected, and he's just gone straight out to box eight. He said, I'm going through this race untouched. I'm probably going to run 550 metres instead of 525, but if anything happens on the inside, we're going to scoot around the outside. Well, if the black shows pace, and that was the foul, well, she's fast, and you get dodging cars on the inside, McInerney's just going to be cruising down there. Brendan Purcell broke sectional records to go and put McInerney's name next to box eight last week. There's no doubt about it. He was he was informed. But, look, the other thing I want to mention about well, she's fast, and I know we've spoken about it here, is on a cold, windy, wet day at the, at the Meadows when she was running in the maturity, she ran 29.54 in conditions that didn't suit fast times. 29.54. We're talking about Amaron Boy running 29.40s. That's at least a 29.40 run. So yep. she's right there. She's a track, track record breaker as well. Two lengths slower, basically. Yeah, on, on, on conditions that, that yeah. don't suit. So uh, just Where no other dog handled it on the night. No, I think mm. the next best was 80s or 90s. Yep. Like, that's how dominant she was when she was going at her absolute best. What a race. What all a right. race. All right, boys, give us your numbers. Your top four in the Phoenix tomorrow night. I've got uh, I've got Wow She's Fast on top. It's mainly a price thing. I think Amron Boy in for second. I think if they were the same price, I'd lean towards Amron Boy slightly. But just at the prices, I'm happy to have Wow She's Fast on top from Amron Boy. I think She's a Pearl on my maps is the leader. And uh, I've got Paddy Wants Pats in there for fourth as well. If, if She's a Pearl doesn't get it exactly right, I think Paddy Wants Pats can lead and he'll uh, he'll give them something to chase. So six, four, one and two in the big one for me. Almost identical, four, six, one, and 2. I've just swapped them around. I just think Amron Boy, um, if he begins as well as he did last week, he's just going to be unstoppable. And we've seen him against Wow She's Fast almost run her down at Sandown. Meadows is a tougher run, um, and I think he'll be winning. My numbers are the exact same as yours, Corey, but we're all seeing it pretty similarly. That doesn't mean much, George. It could all change tomorrow night, but... It does get. We do seem to have a good sense on how we think the race is going to pan out, anyway. I oh, know our heart says McInerney, obviously yeah. part I'm of the race. McInerney. Yeah, it's because yeah. he's already had the house on him. Oh, no, ter- well, I, I said if there's dodging cars between boxes one to four, he, he's certainly to the over first the odds. Turn, he's certainly he's over, over the odds. Over the getting odds. a good price to find yeah. out. At the end yeah. of the day, he's a million dollar chase winner. He's a yeah. Top Gun place getter. Like he's, he's a, he's a quality animal. He's done nothing wrong. He's drawn in a box that that suits his running pattern. Uh, Obviously, if something shifts out wide and cleans him up, that's that's obviously the issue because he's not electric early. But he's going to be out where he wants to be. He's he's very very likely to get untouched the whole way around. If he runs a twenty nine eight untouched, he's running top four for oh, mine. I might be seeing this wrong, Corey, but I think the odds are a little bit skew. If I'm surprised, McInerney's as much as thirty one dollars mm. and Zippy Tesla's twelves. I, I almost would swap them around. Um, because Zippy's not going to run down Amron Boy or she's fast in this race. I'm not saying McInerney can either, but he's at least going to put himself into a better position on that first corner. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, three dogs in this race, McInerney, she's a pearl, and she's fast, if they win, become the first greyhounds through the $2 million barrier. Yeah. That's extraordinary. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. Won't yes. your Uber yeah. driver run off the road when you're telling that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the dog's he couldn't believe it. He wanted to buy a share. I said, no, hang on a minute. Mate. <laughs> yeah, a bit late. Get to the station first. Yeah. A little bit late. Uh, boys, enjoy the night. I appreciate you coming in and, and sharing your thoughts with us here on Big V Racing and going through the race in depth. And uh, We're all excited for tomorrow night and to see what unfolds. Um, yeah, appreciate your time this afternoon, fellas. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much, Matty. And just, uh, just for anyone that's wanting to come out on course, dreamchasersfestival.com.au. There's still plenty of general admission tickets available, or you can walk up at the gate, $10 entry, and uh, you'll have a night of your life. Corey Smith and George Ferruzia joining us on Big V Racing this afternoon.